Welcome to the Orbit of Venus podcast. My name is Jane Archer, and I am your host. This is a space we will explore all the ways in which Venus orbits our own lives. Beyond just a planet in the sky and a popular feminine archetype commonly seen throughout history and cultures across the world, Venus represents all things beauty, radiance, creativity, embodiment, relationship, aesthetic, expression, what we value, mother nature, pleasure, and ultimately love. Together we will dive deep into the many sacred mysteries, teachings, and topics of all things Venus. Welcome to the orbit of Venus. Welcome home. Hello, hello, hello. Hi guys. Welcome to the Orbit of Venus podcast. I am so excited to have you here, to be here, to host this. I just feel so honored to be the vessel that can host this platform, the Orbit of Venus. So today's episode I'm super excited about. I actually just got home from recording it and I raced into my house and I plugged in this microphone because I just feel so alive after our session and I wanted to record the intro while it's fresh on my brain. So Today's episode is with one of my dear, dear friends and sisters, Dr. Sirago. She's a naturopathic doctor, naturopathic medicine doctor here in Southern California. And I actually, our friendship started because I was a patient of hers beginning a couple of years ago. And we just really linked up and just had a connection beyond, beyond what time and space would say. And so we felt like kismet, kismet souls, I guess, is the only way to put it. And so I've received a lot of wisdom and a lot of knowledge from her and through her teachings and just her presence and her healing. And I really was eager to get her her on to this episode. And I felt this is not the first uh, interview I've recorded for this series, but I felt a strong message to have this be our first, our first one. So today's episode is for you if you are into the healing arts, if you feel a deep connection to the heart space or you're wanting to open the heart space or love in general. I think that's kind of a cliche statement because I think we're all connected to love. It's, you know, it's the air we breathe, but she actually, we kind of go into the topic of love and given my intention was to release this episode on Valentine's day. So hopefully today is Valentine's day when this gets launched into the ethers. And so I really wanted to kind of talk about relationship and love and the masculine feminine energies. And we go into topics of death and grief and shifting careers and losing all hope and love. And then life showing you differently. And so her story is really quite beautiful. Just really excited to have it. She very rarely will do interviews like this. She said that she actually says no to most podcasts or interviews. So I felt super excited when she came on and she's actually engaged to be married in April. So she's in a really exciting, transformative time in her life right now. And so it was fun to get her in this point of time or in time. And so, yeah, what else to say before we launch into the episode? I will say that the, the sound, bear with me, it was, we kind of, I got there, we just dove right into a conversation and then I just hooked in my microphone. So the sound is not ideal. Uh, it's way better on her side than it is mine. My request is that you have patience. I'm going to send this off to an editor to hopefully scrub it so that it sounds 
better, but I promise in the future that the audio will be more balanced and lesson learned, not just to hit record. Even if you're having a good time, make sure audio is on par. But I do think that she offers a lot of really beautiful nuggets of wisdom. And so I didn't want to fully scrap this interview. So thank you for your patience. And most importantly, I just want to say thank you for showing up. Thank you for listening. If you really like this interview or this podcast, my humble request is that you share it with your loved ones, your friends, your family, and give us a rating so that we can get this out to more people. I simply am not really driving the ship. I view it as spirit and love are showing me which ways to go. And I feel like I'm just hosting. So this platform is all of ours. And I truly believe that in my heart. And so my intention is to make it feel like a community, a home with not just a single agenda, but a collective. So thank you again for tuning in. I'm really excited. And Dr. Sirago and I will take it away. Okay, everyone. Hi. Uh, welcome to the Orbit of Venus podcast. I'm so excited today. We have our guest, Dr. Sirago. Hello. I'm really excited for today's episode. Dr. Sirago, I've known her for over two years, and she's such a magical human. And I, I just feel so honored and blessed to have you here today to share your your knowledge and your wisdom and your presence with the, the audience. <laughs> also, it feels funny because we were just talking for like a half hour before this podcast. So now we're like official in interview mode, but not really interview mode. We just kind of want to treat this as a conversation. <laughs> um, so anyway, Dr. Sirago, tell us about you. What is your cultural upbringing and background? Okay. Well, I was born and raised in New Jersey, mm-hmm. a suburb of New York City. And, you know, I went to college Mm -hmm. after high school. I studied mathematics and I became a mathematics teacher, high school teacher. And then in between all of that, I lost my father Mm -hmm. and um, I became ill right the day he died. I started manifesting symptoms Mm -hmm. and I was diagnosed with Crohn's and eventually I figured out how to heal myself, Mm -hmm. you know, on the East coast, there's not that many holistic doctors. So I kind of just figured things out. And eventually one day when I was teaching math, I decided I wanted to become a holistic doctor. Wow. So that's how I ended up in this field. Amazing. So what did that look like for you? How old were you at the time when you decided that? And then how did you get the courage to totally shift careers? Was it it was kind of magical. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, you know, people that maybe want to have a shift as well. Yeah. So, I went on vacation. It was spring break, mm-hmm. so teachers have off, and I forget when it's April or May. Yeah. And I decided to go to Hawaii. Alone. I went with an a, another friend teacher. We were just like, let's go to Hawaii. Yeah. And we stopped through Seattle, and I heard a voice, a loud voice. I never heard before mm-hmm. say you're supposed to live here wow. and I felt a pull into Seattle and I was like that's really weird but I knew it mm-hmm. was true mm-hmm. about a month later I was vis- visiting my brother in Los Angeles and he was dating a girl and I was telling her I want to become a holistic doctor and I'm looking at schools I think I want to become an acupuncturist and she said no you want to become a naturopath and I was like what's that I've never Mm -hmm. heard of a naturopath and she said oh it's 
you know, the doctors, they learn more Western medicine. They know how to do labs and prescribing, and they help people heal with diet, herbal medicine. She explained it to me. And I said, where's the school? And she said, Seattle. Wow. So this was your brother's girlfriend? At the time. Oh. They only dated for a few weeks. Wow. Oh my <laughs> she even just to deliver this message. Yeah. So then I, I was like, oh, okay. I'm supposed to move to Seattle, according to this voice. And, so um, did you quit your job that summer? I quit my job. Oh, yeah, okay. I told them I want to become a holistic doctor. They wished me well. And then you I... moved to Seattle? Not immediately. I had to do prerequisites, so I had to take all of the sciences. Like, they require the same sciences as a regular medical school, and so I had to spend a year doing that, and then I got accepted, and then I went. Amazing. And so, rewinding a little bit, if you're open to talking about it, your father, like losing your father, that must have been really challenging. Mm -hmm. Was it sudden, or were you close to your dad? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well... When I was born, when I was about a year old, he had his first heart attack, and he was in his 30s. And when I was in elementary school, he was always going in and out of the hospital, Mm -hmm. and we would call it like a false alarm or something like that. And he's had a lot of procedures done on his heart. He's had several heart attacks, and he's always like trying to diet and do this and that. And I had found out later he was on a few different medications, plus antidepressants to try to handle what he was going through. And, you know, ultimately he died when he was 51. I was 17 years old. Oh, my goodness. And I first, I, you know, I knew it was coming, but you just kind of don't know because he really wanted us not to think about it, and he didn't want us to even talk about it, really. Wow. So, yeah, when he passed away is when I first realized that there's something on beyond what we see. So when he died, I wasn't with him, but I knew that he died because I felt my heart clamp up. Wow. And then my mother, a few minutes later, let me know that he was in the hospital and that it's another false alarm. And I thought, that's not a false alarm. And I realized he had died, and I that's when I started questioning It was terrible that he died, but it also opened me to a gift that we all have, which is the connection to spirit. So, Wow. So going into that, because I think that's one thing that when I came to see you a few years ago for the first time that I really sensed with you immediately that you do have such a strong connection to spirit. It's like your bedrock. So how did you cultivate these gifts if you want to talk about them and for someone who knows that they're connected to spirit, but they're having hesitation mm-hmm. or they're second guessing themselves, what are some ways that you were able to transition into fully owning like your gifts? And, mm-hmm. and what are your gifts? Like if you're comfortable, like some people hear, some people can see, some people can smell, like, you know? Yeah. Okay. So after he had died, I, that sparked my interest. Mm-hmm. So I believe that whatever you're interested in is it's going to unfold mm. that you're going to discover naturally more about it. And prior to that, I wasn't interested. Mm. I thought that people just made up stuff like yeah. that they made up that they saw things and yeah. just to get attention and stuff <laughs> like that. So, but then I realized that I had a very strong intuition about people. I would meet people and kind of know what was going on with them without them telling them like, Oh, do you have this going on or that? I feel mm. like, this happened that and I would be accurate Mm -hmm. and 
then I, you know, I realized that there was something there that I could use to help people. But also if I didn't learn how to use it to help people, it could be harmful Mm -hmm. just to have that much knowledge, just looking at someone. Mm -hmm. So then I went to a medium. Um, I don't remember her name, but she's in Staten Island. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people who lost family members in 9-11 went to see her. Wow. So that's how I found her because she's a, a medium is someone who I know you know what this is, but oh, yeah. for the podcast that can speak to people who have passed away. Mm-hmm. So she, I went to her cause I want to speak to my father. And of course I got to speak to my father wow. and he told me in that session that I would never be able to speak with him again through a psychic and I would become psychic and be able to speak with him whenever I wanted. Wow. And he told me the next time you see a psychic, it'll be a man and he will lose his psychic abilities just temporarily. Yeah. And like, you'll be like, oh, this is nonsense, but you'll see me sitting next to him laughing. And a few years later, that's the exact thing that happened. Oh my goodness. Additionally, in that one session, he had told me that I, he would bring my husband to me. And he's like, I know you don't believe me, but I'm going to tell you three things that are true. And you'll find out about them in the next 24 hours. Okay. He said, you have water damage. Your mom's house has water damage and it's in this room. And he described the room. Yeah. And I was like, no, we don't. He's like, you'll see when you go there on your drive home, you're going to be almost hit by a car, but you'll be okay. The third one is tomorrow when you're walking on campus at college, mm-hmm. I'm going to have three men ask you out on a date. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) No question. Was this a voice, like your dad's voice, or was it like... No, the medium was saying this to me. So it was a woman telling me... Speaking through your father. Yeah. She was like your dad's mouthpiece. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so on the way home, I almost get hit by a car. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And then I get home, and I go in that room, and I'm looking around, and then I look at the ceiling, and the ceiling is cracked, and there's water damage (laughs) that has to be fixed. And then um, the next day, three guys asked me out on a date. Oh, did you go on a date with any of them? No. He said, I'm just doing it to show you. To prove to you, yeah. (laughs) Wow. That's like, so after that, did your gift started to develop or? They started to develop and I met a teacher, someone who taught me. He's in Arizona and he, he told me that I would first start seeing in my peripheral. So he actually, he can see. Wow. And he can guide people in their psychic or development. Yeah. Yeah. So psychic, like either clairaudience, like Mm -hmm. hearing or clairvoyance, seeing or empathy Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So he started, we started working with him. I worked with him like once in a while and just one session with him, things would rapidly speed up. up. Yeah. That's amazing. So did you have any resistance to it or was it, was it, did it feel pretty natural to you? It is natural, but the only resistance is doubting that it's true. That's huge. I think a lot of people doubt themselves. Yeah. yeah. So what do you, I'll speak for myself. Like I've been told before, like you have gifts or, or, you know, and, and I know like when I'm, when I'm writing and it's just me and paper and there's no other eyes on that paper, it's a lot easier and I can write, you know, letters to God and get responses back. And mm-hmm. I think that's a beautiful tool for mm-hmm. people to practice mm-hmm. that, that call and response via pen and paper. What would be something that you would tell someone who is having that doubt? Is it just kind of working through that muscle or accepting that it's part of the process or? It's, uh, I think it's always part of the process. Mm-hmm. Recently, I've been asking myself where it comes from. And I think it's just from the physical body mm-hmm. that 
to feel safe, we always have to check things out. Mm-hmm. The last, how many years has it been? Like the last like five or six years has been like kind of like an experiment. You know, I'm like, is this really true? Yeah, it's true. Wow. <laughs> so I don't, you know, it's hard to believe everything that you see until yeah. it actually happens. Yeah. But yeah. when it keeps happening, then... It starts to become a part of your life. Yeah. A lifestyle. Amazing. The other thing that I want to say yeah. is like a lot of people with abilities use it to have power over other people. Mm-hmm. Or people will go to people with psychic abilities to try to get everything problem solved. Yeah. Like from a place not of love but fear Mm -hmm. and that seems to never work out wow so it's like a lack mentality of like you hold something that i need yeah 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 for sure we've talked about this i've i've talked i've spoken with psychics in the past who have told me something and it resonates but it's as if they hold the answer so Mm -hmm. then in my normal human life i'm like searching for that to happen and you know it never happens and then i end up presenting the psychic or the message. <laughs> yeah. So I think, so I have taken the stance of really stepping back from psychics and, mm-hmm. and learning to cultivate that own relevance within and mm-hmm. then just letting, and you know, what's so beautiful. You might be able to speak to this is that life will talk back to you. Like you don't need another human to tell you the message, mm-hmm. but you can ask the air around us. The space around us is intelligent. So yeah, definitely. You can have conversations with life and mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's important for everyone to know themselves and cultivate Mm. their own gifts. Yeah, for sure. We all have it. So as far as, so you were in school and then you ended up, how did you get to Los Angeles? Oh, (laughs) I just had a pull. You just had a pull. Yeah. Yeah. And then you opened up a practice in Santa Monica. Was that where you started your practice? That's where I started. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And how long did you practice or how long have you been practicing? I guess a little over four years. Amazing. Yeah. So, and you have quite a big like patient base, right? Or a big clientele. I do. Yeah. yeah. And people all different, like babies come to you. Yeah. Elderly, right? Correct. What is your, or when you are practicing, what is your favorite type of medicine to practice or favorite type of patient? Or is it different? Or do you have like, if you could do one type of case or all day, every day, what, like, what, what would it be? I don't know why I'm asking this, but. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I like all different cases. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier when someone has hope Mm -hmm. and that they're willing to do things. Like, you know, a lot of things are about what you put into your body Mm -hmm. and also energetics are very important and stuff like that. So like, if someone doesn't want to change their diet or, take or herbal medicine or different things that I use, then yeah. <laughs> it makes it difficult. But I pretty much love working with everybody. Yeah. And I can speak from experience. You know, I came to, I, I actually, Madeline referred me to you when I came to you and I just was like, wow, this is an amazing doctor. And then I referred you to another friend of mine. And then so it's just <laughs> been like a domino effect. And I would have to say 11 times out of 10, people are like, I love Dr. Sarago. <laughs> So it's, uh, there's something to the magic that you bring to medicine, but that's actually not why I have you here today. Okay. To talk about <laughs> I think that people, I think we can get inundated with the natural medicine and wellness, but I kind of, what I think your special sauce is, is love. Mm-hmm. And today <laughs> is actually when this will be released. I'm anticipating is around Valentine's day. So, and I have taken your meditation courses, which are phenomenal. I really hope you start teaching again. 
Yeah, let's just talk about love. Okay. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, I guess, okay, let's talk about, like, the topical love that everyone thinks of when we hear love is love life. So, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Pull out your heavy-duty tools or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, okay. So... I guess because you are engaged, correct? Yes. Are we allowed? Okay. So you're engaged <laughs> right now to an amazing doctor as well. Right? Yes. So, and people can see, and you guys have a joint practice or mm-hmm. you eventually will. And yeah. We'll have that linked below if people want to check out Dr. Sirago and her fiance's work. But did you always know that you were going to meet someone who was so in line with you? No. No. I want to hear more about that. Okay. Yeah. So... A lot of life is programming. Mm -hmm. So I thought that either I won't meet anyone Mm -hmm. or I'll meet a specific type of person that fits what I was taught growing up, which is someone pretty boring for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But what I really wanted was someone who shared my same spiritual values. Mm -hmm. And it was very much a part of him before he met me Mm -hmm. and also worked with um, helping people, and we found each other. Amazing. So, so, but I lost hope. You lost hope. Yeah, I want to talk about this because I think uh, there's a lot of women, and I'm sure men as well, that start to lose hope and start to, you know, through failed relationships or they start to think that, like, true love is kind of like a Hollywood term or it's a Disneyland thing or it's like there's ups and downs. But what do you... Can you talk about that? Like losing, like in your twenties, I assume you lost hope or how did that look? Or I guess I lost hope when I was a little girl. Mm-hmm. I used to pray at night. I was raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. So I used to pray at night for an arranged marriage from God Wow! because I didn't like any of the boys at school <laughs> and I didn't think my parents would pick the right person. Yeah. Did, wait, did you think you were going to have an no, just I just was like, God, will you please give me a arranged marriage? Uh-huh. And if it's from you, then I'll know yeah. that it's the right one. That was your prayer when you were little? Like every night. That is amazing. Yeah. Wow. So basically, guys, <laughs> if we didn't start when we were super young, we have no luck. No, no, no. 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 Okay, no, no, no. so basically no, no. what happened was... Mm-hmm. When I was in my late 20s, I had this, like, marriage fever. Mm. I was like, I need to get married. And I had opportunities before, but I was younger, and I was like, you know, I don't need to settle down right now. Yeah. And you were just, like, starting your practice, right? Yeah, or even back then, I was, like, even prior. So, you know, I kind of, like, was dating this guy in school, and I already told him that my my dad was going to bring me my husband after medical school. And he was like, well, why are we even... (laughs) I can't believe you told him that. That's amazing. Yeah. Full honesty here. <laughs> yeah. You're not my guy. My dad's going to bring me somebody. So this is totally interim. But I doubted it. And yeah. luckily that guy was also um, very spiritual and clair- mm-hmm. to clairvoyant. Mm-hmm. He was clairvoyant. But we loved each other. And so he did propose to me because I was like really pushing for it. Yeah. And um, you met him in school. We met him in school. Okay. We ended up breaking up. We broke up before getting married. And there's a whole story to that, but we're not going to get into it. And then I just, I was like totally fine with it. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to like devote myself to helping others. And I worked my ass off. I worked seven days a week and it was like every day. And eventually I felt like something in my life was missing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, I'm all I do is devote myself to others. And I come home to nothing. Mm -hmm. And 
some days I'd work like 6 a.m. to 1 a.m. Wow. This was a constant thing. Just seeing patient after patient after patient. Yeah. So then um, one night, well, let me just back up. Mm -hmm. So I worked with a lot of different healers and mentors. And I, Christine, like, you're going to find love, you know. Mm -hmm. You're not unattractive. Mm -hmm. By the way, guys, she's beautiful. (laughs) So, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Like, you don't have, you'll find someone. And I'm just like, no, Mm -hmm. there is no one on this planet for me. I was convinced. Like, in your heart, you were convinced? I was convinced. It wasn't like a mental chatter? It wasn't a mental thing. I was convinced that it was done. Even after your dad told you that? Yeah. You were just like being a rebel. You're like, like, middle fingers up, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess you could have always become a nun too. No? Okay. Anyway, (laughs) I've considered that, but sidebar, go on. So then one night Mm -hmm. I realized that life wasn't worth living without love. Mm -hmm. You can make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. You can become a workaholic. Mm -hmm. None of it really means anything without love. Mm. So I prayed for the first time since my father died when I was 17. So I don't know how many, 13 years later, Mm -hmm. I said, God, I'll keep serving others, but please give me love. Amazing. And then a few weeks later, my fiance came into my life and and I knew it was him. Wow. Oh my goodness, that's a beautiful story. And you knew when you met when you met this person? I knew beyond I didn't know if he would like me back. <laughs> but, <laughs> Which I think is a common theme, right? Like when you yeah. you're like, oh gosh, I wonder if this is one sided or yeah. And it wasn't he's not he's an attractive man, but it wasn't physical. It was like my heart opened when I saw him. Wow. And it felt like it it was shining mm-hmm. like across the universe when I saw him and he felt the same way, but you know, he didn't think of it as like romantic. We became very close friends. Wow. So, and now we're, now we both say that we're marrying our best friend. Wow. That's the ultimate, right? To to find someone that you connect with on the heart level and you can claim as your best friend. Yeah. Yeah. So how has your life shifted from being like a student and then being full on doctor to seeing like so many people a day. And now you're in love and you're, you guys have this future planned of, you know, joint practice. And he's also in the medical field. Mm -hmm. Is your life completely different? Like, what is it? Is it? My life is, has been transformed. Was it scary? Like, is it scary? It's hard to like, it's hard. So independent for so long. Yeah, it is. Because, you know, as a woman, Mm -hmm. when you're independent, it's hard to let go of it. Mm -hmm. I think for men too, but men have their, their own fears. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was hard to let go of like, I'm the boss Mm -hmm. instead of like, we're a team. Wow. You know? So that was, that was, that took a a few months. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And now you guys are getting married this year now. Yes. And he proposed to you. He proposed. Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. So about, about the field of love, you know, just kind of shifting now into like love as a guiding principle or as a teacher like you I remember one night we were in class and you were leading a meditation and guys if you ever have the chance to come to one of Dr. Sirago's live meditations I they're incredible and do you channel during the meditations or? I do yeah yeah because you were just saying stuff that was like I felt as if I slept like like slipped into like the deepest nap, mm-hmm. like a physical nap. Like I would come and I would just like relax on these pillows. And then you would guide us in like the most 
ethereal yet loving way into the space of, of truth is what it felt like. Um, but one night you said to us, um, you said to tune into the space behind our heart. Do you remember mm, that? Yeah. And I had never heard that before. And it just dropped me so deep. And I feel like that can be a portal, the space behind the heart. But then I think within that same meditation, I'm just throwing stuff off. Yeah, something. yeah. I, these are topics that I found like so sacred and beautiful is that you said love is the most neutral force in the world. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And I think like a lot of people have the idea, I think I'll speak for myself, that love is a positive force. That mm-hmm. there's love and then there's darkness or there's love and hate or love and fear. But you said, no, actually love is the most neutral thing there is. Love just is. <laughs> and it like yeah. really blew me into like another space. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember why I said that. Yeah. But I know that a lot of people... Fear runs a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Having a physical body, you're going to have fear. You just are. It's mm-hmm. part of the program. It's part of the nervous system. Mm-hmm. And accepting that is huge, that you're going to operate off of fear. That it's a part of it. Yeah, it's part of having a physical body. Yeah, not being afraid of the fear or trying to run from it. Yeah, and fear makes people go into highs like, oh, I got this. I obtained this, you know, mm-hmm. and even with love, it's like, what can I get out of love? Men sometimes go into that pattern and women sometimes go into that pattern where a woman wants a man who looks like this, makes this much money mm-hmm. and fulfills certain fear standards, mm-hmm. not love standards. And um, men also have a tendency to do that too it's just part of like you know if you've been traumatized as a kid Mm -hmm. and you learn I need my wife to look like this so that I'm accepted Mm -hmm. then that could be something that's running a male and vice versa so but love is doesn't involve any of that any chasing or fear at all it's just it existed before you were born amazing yeah so it's like the field that we are of, but that we're born into. Yeah. 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 And I, I just think that love is the, it's like the floor that you're walking on all the time. Mm-hmm. It's always there. Yeah. And yeah. we just kind of create different dramas and realities because of our nervous system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really beautiful. And yeah, thank you. Thank you for opening up that that segue. The idea of, because you are a medical doctor, so the idea of... A uh, nerve, naturopathic doctor. Sorry, pardon guys. <laughs> a naturopathic doctor because you're an ND. The idea of like the nervous system, you probably understand it very, you know, mm-hmm. scientifically. And also with your gifts, you probably also understand it very whole, like holistically mm-hmm. or, or through a different lens. What, like, there's all this talk about like the nervous system, like strengthening our nervous systems and... Is it all it's chalked up to be? Like, do we really need to? And like, what are ways that people can strengthen it? Because I know that there's different practices like Kundalini yoga or Mm -hmm. breath work Mm -hmm. or meditation Mm -hmm. will make our nervous system strong. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that you can do. Mm -hmm. There's like sleep. Mm -hmm. The basics. Like kind of like syncing up to the earth's rhythm Mm -hmm. because we are dependent and we are the earth. So being on the earth's rhythm, eating earth's foods Mm -hmm. but i think what's not talked about is trusting yourself Mm -hmm. even if it doesn't make any logical sense because then when you go into 
the cultural programming to make your decisions, which is called logic, Mm. then you're disobeying your spirit. And then the nervous system is going to freak out. Wow. Because you're following something that's not true to you. So that's another component that isn't talked about. Wow. That's huge. I think that's like a mic drop right there. Because we think that, oh, it's stress or it's caffeine or it's this or it's that. But what you're saying is that it's actually going against the rhythm of our soul Mm -hmm. can stress out our nervous system. Oh, yeah. And it could trigger you to go into caffeine or trying to achieve something. It's like, who cares what you achieve? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) But there's something driving you. I mean, everyone's different sometimes, but I'm just kind of thinking that's very important. Is following the rhythm of our soul. Yeah. I feel like that was speaking directly to me because I am a huge, it's hard for me in the mornings to wake up without caffeine. Like I, and and I know my adrenals are like a little bit zapped, but, and I, and I've been hearing this from a lot of women specifically that, you know, it's so funny. I've been experiencing anxiety lately and you might see this in your practice and I've never actually have felt anxiety. Like I felt depression and highs and lows of life and different stages of growth, but anxiety is a new experience for me. And I've been just, it's funny, like when you're going through something, well, one, my compassion for people that really suffer from anxiety, because before I used to think I didn't have any touchstone to it, Mm -hmm. but now I have way more compassion for people that do experience anxiety, Mm -hmm. but I'm so in tune now with so many people deal with anxiety and you probably see that a lot in your practice. Yeah. And I know, like, what would you tell someone who is experiencing it? And, um, well, there's a lot of causes for it. For one, there's a lot going on in the world. I mean, there always is, there's always been stuff going on in the world that's Mm. physically threatening and we're like animals, you know, how animals flee from, they know before something happens, we're, we're the same way. So a lot of people are coming in with anxiety and feeling uneasy. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also just kind of like chasing a dream that isn't yours. Mm-hmm. And eventually you get sick of it. Your body starts to manifest symptoms of it. Mm-hmm. What do you mean chasing a dream? Like the cultural dream? The cultural. That, all, that we are all trained to chase, which is job, security, money, family. Yeah. And I'm not saying like... Don't chase that. Don't have money. Because yeah. you need to live and you need to have a, a good life and... Mm-hmm you know, be able to pay for food and shelter, like Mm. not just the minimum. Yeah. I mean, Mm. I think that's part of it. And also just how things are like you have to wake up at this time, be here. It's Mm. not really natural for us. Yeah. But it's the paradigm that we find ourselves in. Yeah. And I also see a a lot of people, um, they'll have something major happen, like a loss of a family member or like in my case, I lost my father and it's like, go right off to college and, yeah. and perform. Yeah. And I did not perform well mm. my first year of college. Really? No, but it's kind of like people go through these traumatic events and then it never gets addressed mm. because, you know, you have to like keep on your path, mm-hmm. your career path or your blinders on. Yeah. yeah. I think that's really beautiful to talk about too. It's funny because I also lost my father and I lost him right when I got a a different job. So he passed. I had like two weeks home with him in the hospital. He was gone back to work. And it's Mm -hmm. like people, I think our culture has a different relationship to death. It's like 
it's not like anyone's fault, but I think it was just so quick, you know, that mm-hmm. I didn't have time to fully mourn. Yeah. And I thought I did because you go through waves of grief. But just recently, last weekend, I think, I was just feeling so anxious and I stopped and I asked my heart, like, what is going on? Like, what do we need to feel? And I this like this huge wave of grief over my father came mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. And everything is so fast and we, we feel like we have to heal ourselves so rushed and we have mm-hmm. to be so on point that we don't allow ourselves the timeline of grief yeah, or the timeline of healing. It's yeah. not always intellectual or logical, like you said. Yeah. 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 What do you find are like the main, I guess, like what are like the main things that you would like for the teachings of women? I don't really know where this question is going, but overall, like with all the women that you work with, what is kind of like a theme of modern day for women in general that is like a program running with women? And um, yeah, is there, does anything come to mind or like anything? Yeah, there's a lot of things and I'm just generalizing. So like if this doesn't apply, yeah, then um, yeah, it's a general question. It's kind of a big Yeah, question, it's a really but. good question. I think that, well, for one, as a naturopathic doctor, I've learned in my training that every organ has a different energy. Mm. The uterus has a very sacred energy mm-hmm. and it's, you know, part of like the first and second chakra mm-hmm. region. Mm-hmm. And when that energy has been violated and women have been violated yeah. forever, yeah. when that is violated, then physical and mental symptoms can occur Mm -hmm. because that is the organ that creates that holds life Mm -hmm. and a lot of women don't know this they're not you know we don't talk about this anymore but I just find that a lot of women sorry I'm just saying you know a lot I'm trying to say this in a delicate way it's okay um I think that a lot of women like test out sexuality and will have sex with people they don't feel have their best interests at heart Mm -hmm. and that's a problem because that energy Accepting someone in that isn't your protector Mm -hmm. creates a lot of stress and grief and they call it, they called it back in the day hysteria, Mm -hmm. but it's just that feeling of like, I've been betrayed. Mm -hmm. So I see that a lot. Wow. So to kind of dig in deeper there, that's interesting. So even, so you're saying you're not just talking about like you are, but not just mm-hmm. rape or sexual assault. Right. You're talking about casual dating or casual sex. Mm-hmm. And, and know. I'm not saying not to explore yeah. and learn, yeah. but also to be aware of it because mm-hmm. nowadays women, because of how oppressed women have been, women want to be equal to men. That doesn't mean we're the same as men. Mm-hmm. And that's huge. Underline, underline. Yeah. We want to be equal, but we are not the same. No. It's like the moon and the sun, two different bodies right. of matter. Right. And our sexuality is not the same. Mm-hmm. Do not copy men on what to do. Yeah. So that, you know, some women think, oh, like I can be just like a man. Mm-hmm. And that it's an overlay. It's not, it's a, coming from mental like something that has happened to women uh, culturally, it's like, okay, well, I can do this. And it's coming from thought. It's not coming from feeling your body and tuning into your knowing. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I feel that a lot of women feel betrayed. They feel like there's no good men out there. They're lost. But the reality is, is men, they just follow us. 
So they're like, you know, you've heard this before. Men are like, I don't know. I'm just doing what she wants. So, yeah. And they are very energetic men. We are very intuitive. Mm-hmm. They're energetic. They just follow. Mm-hmm. That's what you mean by energetic? Like there's an intuitive is like the leader and the men are energetically tuned in or what do you mean? They're tuned into the energy. So interesting. They just kind of follow. Like if you feel bad about yourself in some way, a man might be like, point that out a lot mm. and make you feel worse because they're like, it amplifies energy. If you're like, I'm gorgeous. Yeah. Men around you are going to be like, wow, you're gorgeous. Yeah. They're responders. They're responders. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. It makes sense too. Like anatomical too. It's right. You know, like women and men, like the men are pl- plug in essentially. It sounds so, yeah. but and nature too. So it's, it's very, uh, they are, they're, they're responders versus, yeah. yeah. But we treat them as the leaders, right? Or Right. In some ways they are leaders. In some ways we are leaders. Yeah. They they care about their lineage. Mm-hmm. This is all I'm talking about like energetics. Yeah, yeah. So they can see things generations down. Mm-hmm. That's like their yeah. usually the man's gift. Not all men, but yeah. <laughs> you mean like big picture. Like men. Yeah, they kind of like look how is this going to affect like my fifth generation wow. of like great, 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 great grandchildren. Yeah. They care about the preservation mm-hmm. of their seed. Mm-hmm. And female care about more of the present cultivation. Mm. That's really beautiful. Even in nature, like you see it with like, I what image that came to mind was like a pasture of deer and, you know, geese even. And it's usually they have like male geese or male deer like on guard while the females are down grazing. You mm-hmm. know, they always have like the men on guard. And I think it's such a beautiful topic because I think we live in such a, and this is a very delicate subject and a fine line to cross. And so take what you like and leave the rest. Up. Yeah. Cause I'm just speaking in general. It's not, yeah. not specifics. There's always cases where. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. Or it's not just a, like a physical man and a female. It's, it's two women with, you know, masculine and feminine right. energy. So we're speaking in the energetics, but I think it's interesting because we live in a time now I'll speak for myself where it's like everything like pro female pro women like we need to gain back our strength our equality like we haven't been there i am 110 percent on that train mm-hmm. but i also feel that like we it can the pendulum can swing the other way and if we energetically chastise or shun away the male energetics i think there can be you know disharmony too and i think that the highest overarching theme can be unity. It's not independence. It's not codependence, but it's being interdependent, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. being able to heal so that we can work together and not yeah. you versus me, us versus them. Yeah. And I think it's been us, me, ver- yeah. <laughs> us versus them. There's been like waves of that mm-hmm. over and over again. Yeah. So, yeah, that was more my soapbox. I but, like, um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you a couple of things. So one of my favorite guides is Mother Mary or Mary Magdalene. And I know that we have off recording spoken about this. Do you have any like special guides that really drive you or are there any teachings that really appeal to you? I know love is like you're me. Mm-hmm. You're always talking about like the force <laughs> of love, but 
I'm just, I'm just kind of like lobbing and (laughs) questions in your lap, but yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, so I've always worked with Mother Mary. Mm-hmm. I think because I was, you know, my upbringing, I was taught about Mother Mary. And so I worked with her energy a lot. I've prayed to her a lot. And she's helped me <laughs> a lot. Yeah. And she, when you tune into her, she has a lot of strength because she received a prophecy. Mm-hmm. And everyone could have thought she was nuts. Mm-hmm. And she... You know, at the time, people believed in prophecy, and they even killed all the newborns, all boys under age two. Wow. Yeah, that's part of, like, the, the story. The story. Yeah. yeah, but they fled, and she gave birth in a manger, like, yeah. a manger and all that. So, and then, of course, she has to lose her son yeah. on the cross. So there's a strength there that I tap into because... That's incredible. Mm-hmm. And then having a son that yeah. you don't even understand and yeah. and maybe in many ways looked up to eventually. So it's the ultimate service motherhood. It is, yeah. yeah. If sure. if you allow it to be. Some women want their children to it fulfill does. them. Mm-hmm. And if I'm thinking that Mary achieved that ultimate mm-hmm. motherhood. That, that's really beautiful. I find like one of my biggest, well, sometimes I hear moms speak about pe- women that have children, that their children are not theirs, that they simply, I mean, yes, they're theirs biologically and they're caring for them and these, you know, beings are reliant upon them. But having the mindset that my child has its own path and its mm-hmm. own trajectory and I am simply the vessel to move this spirit into this world mm-hmm. and ultimately this child belongs to God or mm-hmm love Mm -hmm. and that can be just like thinking about that I'm like gosh that is like the ultimate I don't know just like being able to fully like have a child and then trust that this child has its own power you know I think it's does that make sense yeah or like someone who is looking over my child more than I even could ever yeah which is which is true yeah that's like the ultimate. Yeah, we're all children of the Creator. Yeah. No matter who came first and who mm-hmm. came next. Mm-hmm. It's a good reminder that everyone has their own grace looking after them. That it's yeah. not, that we're not in charge of other people's lives and other people. Even though it might feel like it, mm-hmm. ultimately there's a greater hand. I believe. I agree, yeah. and I think that taking too much responsibility for someone's life or yeah. what direction it goes in, it's not only unhealthy for you but also for them yeah and people do that with their children and when they do the child can grow up having low self-confidence yeah because they're like oh my parent doesn't believe I can Mm. direct my own life yeah so So they probably doubt more yeah yeah and then if you have a there's a all different parenting styles and you just have to try every day to do your best to guide them but not I don't know. You're always going to do something wrong. Yeah, yeah. And right. It's a gift, too. Yeah. Um, And then lastly, first of all, thank you so much for talking today. I feel very lucky, guys, because Dr. Sirago is, um, she doesn't do these things often. So I feel very (laughs) blessed to have you and have this conversation. The idea of spirit versus, so, you know, I was reflecting lately on death and just in general, right? And the idea that our spirit sometimes knows before our intellect. 
mm-hmm. or when something really good is about to come in, like oftentimes you can feel it, but you can't intellectualize it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So with your gifts, do you find that the level, cause you know, like if you're about to go into a dangerous situation, oftentimes your body will respond and your mind wants to override it. Like mm-hmm. no, 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 that doesn't make sense, but you feel nervous around mm-hmm. someone or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like your body knows, but even like from a higher picture I'm wondering if this is like my own current curriculum is our spirit knows yeah our spirit knows our yeah it knows (laughs) (laughs) I just want Dr. Sarango to sign off and say okay our spirit knows no I'm just kidding and trust what you know yeah trust what you know period yeah period (laughs) you were talking about death though yeah well okay I guess here yeah maybe off topic but maybe not So I think the Kobe Bryant death, like really for me, I'll speak for myself again. I keep saying that, but I think it's important just to claim my own voice is that when that happened, I'm, you know, I'm not a huge basketball person. It just didn't make sense to me though. My brother is a huge fan, was a huge fan of Kobe. And so it really impacted him on like, you know, a life level, like he lost an idol, but I felt the entire world kind of pause and mm-hmm. and be like, wow, like that doesn't make sense. It's almost as if like for someone to be taken so tragically, so quickly with such a bright light, it just was, it felt very like surreal. Like the mm-hmm. news, it didn't, mm-hmm. it was like my brain was like not computing. And then I like tuned in and I, you know, granted maybe this was my own coping mechanism, but I felt like. Don't doubt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like had the sense of oftentimes something can seem so horrific and so awful, but in the grand picture, like our mind can never capture the grand picture and that maybe our intellect will never understand what's mm-hmm. really going on mm-hmm. behind the curtain. Yeah. That was a, that was a really tough one to understand. Yeah. What I can say about death mm-hmm. is that we let go of the identity that we've created mm-hmm. and the life that we've created. We, we have to let go mm-hmm. and we let go into love. Mm-hmm. And once you fully let go, mm-hmm. you're in a basically an infinite bath of love. Mm-hmm. That's where we go when we die. Beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, the Kobe, I'm, I'm still kind of, I'm still shocked that he's gone. I might yeah. be shocked forever that he passed in that way because yeah. a lot of things don't make sense about it yeah. but you, yeah. you just have to accept it mm-hmm. it's a mystery i once heard like uh, a yogi say like a really high esteemed yogi from india say that there are sacred secrets in the universe and one of them there were many that he listed not many it was like on, i forget all of them but two that stood out were sleep like we like we will actually never really know where we go when we sleep it's mm-hmm. a very coveted secret mm-hmm. in the universe it's protected mm-hmm. and the other one is death like yeah. these are very sacred sacred secrets and they're highly protected in the space beyond time and space you know yeah and so it's not a, i don't think it's a secret but yeah. I think that our logical mind yeah. can't, it's a, it's something that because we have a physical body and that's our reference point mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. we were a spirit before we came in. So we know what it's like mm-hmm. to be in that, to be there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we, we go back. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah, no, no, go on. Yeah, and sleep. I never thought about that one, but I love sleeping. Me too. Yeah, <laughs> do you dream vividly? Yes, I do. Me too. It's like some lately it has felt as if my dreams are more real than my waking life. Yeah. That, or like I'll have a memory. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember when that happened? And I was like, no, that was a dream. <laughs> <laughs> or like full on conversation with someone and then you see them the next day and you're like, gosh, dang it. My realities are overlapping. That yeah. is another thing lately that I have been tripping out on is parallel realities. Mm-hmm. So I was reading this channeled uh, book from Mother Mary. I'll link it in the thing in the show notes below and Anna, the grandmother of Jesus. I was reading this book and um, one of the teachings that Mother Mary gave was that our electric. Oh no, it was in the Sophia Code by uh, Kaya Ray. Have you read that? Yes, I have. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, Amazing. It's. I actually saw her last two weeks. Did you? Ago. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, she, her story is incredible. Incredible. I want to know more. The work she's doing is like beautiful. But Mother Mary's teaching was that our electrons. You might know more being a scientist or having a science brain. That our electrons can never, you know, be destroyed. And Mother Mary was saying that there are links to other dimensions or other realities. Mm-hmm. And that when we call back all of our electrons, we're calling back all of our pieces to us. And science, I don't know the details, but science proved that electrons can jump timelines. Did you know this? Uh, I don't know much yeah. about this. I it's know, a quantum theory. Yeah, I know that there's quantum theory and sometimes yeah. like they disappear and yes. come back and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that's so cool. I can just go down the rabbit hole forever with that stuff, like mm-hmm. wondering about it. Like, yeah, basically we're so much bigger than we realize. And we're oh so, yeah. We're just like, this is just like the pinpoint, like our little intellects are like the pinpoint on a huge map of like a sphere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We think there's beginning, middle and end, but actually this is all a dream. It's all a dream. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so thank you so much for being here. If people want to reach out to you, are you taking patients now or? I am. You are. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's best that people call okay. and I talk to people before they come in to make mm-hmm. sure that it's the right fit. It's the right fit. Yeah. yeah. So that they're getting what they need. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, and your website is it still up? No, I took it down because I'm jo- I am joining practices with Dr. Theo Casuli, okay. who's also my future husband. Yeah, so amazing. all right. Yeah, I, the only reason I said that is because the topic that you talked about at the top of the call or meeting. This is not a call. <laughs> We're sitting face to face. Was your story about Crohn's, and that yes. was something that really inspired me when I read about you. I was like, wow, she healed herself. So people are resonating with that. Yeah. They should call you. Yeah. All right. And you're based here in Los Angeles. Yes. Do you do remote work or no? No. No. So face to face. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, Congrats on your wedding this year. Thank you. I hope it all goes well and I can't wait to continue to follow you. Thank you. You too. All right. Okay. Wow. So we made it to the very end of our very first guest interview on the Orbit of Venus podcast with Dr. Christine Sirago. Thank you for hanging out with us. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. And isn't she awesome? She truly is. If you are in Southern California and if you have a health issue or you're needing healing in some area of your life, I cannot recommend her enough. She truly is just a magical person and I've referred her to so many people and I always get 10 star reviews. The other thing is please don't forget to share us. Don't forget to like us and give us a rating below. It'll help us get out into the world and grow this community. And I will be releasing a new episode every Friday. And I have a vault right now full of already recorded episodes that I cannot wait for you guys to get your ears on, uh, full of 
incredible information and I am just thrilled to be doing this. And then lastly, if you are wanting to know more about what the Orbit of Venus is and all the work that I am up to on this platform, please visit theorbitofvenus.com for more information. And like I said, first and foremost, gratitude to everyone for taking the time to tune in. I really believe time is the number one wealth. And so I feel so honored to have your time. So lots of love wherever you find yourself in this moment throughout the world. And until we meet again.